What's going on? Welcome into Anime Plus, episode 63. I'm your host, Alex Light. Hopefully, you're having a phenomenal day today, whatever day you are listening or perhaps watching this podcast, our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sparking Theory. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. I have noticed that only 51 of you, are, 51% of you, are not subscribed. So definitely subscribe. We'd appreciate that 100% for the ones that are subscribed. You are absolutely amazing, and we appreciate you. Zach, how are you? I'm good. I just let down like they thought that you knew exactly only 51 people. <laughs> 51 people. We're actually subscribed when it says we almost have 200. <laughs> I tracked you down personally on the internet. I know there's only 51 of you people that are not subscribed to this channel. <laughs> Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that. Drop a like, comment down below, all that good stuff. Or react however your platform allows. Um... Looking forward to today's episode. Uh, you know, we're still getting into these new series of the winter season, kind of filling it out, and it's gonna, and that's good because we're gonna kind of figure out very soon what's gonna actually stick with us and what's gonna kind of drop. So, looking forward to that conversation here today. Uh, of course, go follow us on Twitter at Animan Podcast. We'll get you got the other shows like Game Aesthetic, the Terrible Football Show, and talking about movies and stuff. And lastly, if you want to support us for the Patreon, is a great way to do so. But don't feel obligated. Just be a friend, tell a friend that you're watching and listening. And once again, I got to do this plug. We're up to something. We're up to something. I'm gonna keep plugging it. Yeah, it's not not gonna be that much longer plugs. Is it technically a plug, even though we're not actually saying what it is? Is it technically a plug? Yes, because, well, yes, based on how I I see other people kind of tease stuff like that, you know, on like other channels stuff that I watch, I would consider it a plug. Yeah, I like to consider it like you have a curtain that you're sort of teasing standing by, yeah. and you're just like. We have something behind this curtain. Yeah, there's there's something back you, you'll, here. You'll see what it is. Yeah, but we have something behind this curtain. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's back there, and it's pretty cool. You know, the grand opening for the curtains coming soon. We're about to pull the curtain out. And you're about to see what we got cooking. And as of today, we might have something extra cooking with it too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We got. We, yeah, we already had one thing cooking. That's pretty much. All, it's already kind of cooked. You know, we've already taken out of the oven for the most part. We just got to kind of warm it up before it's time to eat. You know, but we got now. We now we put something else in there. We're gonna see if we burn it or not, and we're gonna see if it, if it's gonna make it. You know, I'm not the best cook, so I might burn this. We'll see. But Zach's a pretty good cook, so he might not burn it. He might can help me out on this. We'll see. You have a degree. What? <laughs> I don't have a degree. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Ooh, missed, messed up on that one. <laughs> no, seriously, we got something cooking. It's really cool. We're working on something. We're up to something. It's going to be really nice. Um, I feel like I can probably say a date here on this episode, and it will probably be correct. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have another episode of Animan uh, Plus to confirm that or not next week, but I think February 1st will be the launch. I think February 1st will be the launch. I, I feel pretty good about that date. Uh, maybe even just do it on the Monday, uh, the 31st, January 31st, just because, you know, clean Monday release, whatever. Uh, but I do feel pretty good about one of those dates. Um, so, I, I'm, I, you know, we'll, we'll confirm that over the next week in the next Animan uh, Plus episode, uh, 64. Uh, I will officially hammer when you will get to see what we're working on. So it will be pretty cool. Uh, before we jump into all of our anime talks for this week, uh, Zach, you got anything on your mind? I got one thing. Uh, shout out to the Naruto G Fuel. They did announce really? that. Yes. Uh, a few weeks back, they released their new profile picture, which was clearly Naruto mm -hmm. themed, but no announcement yet. You know, they had to build you up for it, you know, tease you and everything, but they finally revealed the flavor today. I did obviously jump on the wish list. Is it ramen? Uh, a lot of people said that, you know, and even Josh, Josh is like, man, I was wanting ramen flavor. Uh, no, the flavor, it's like a sweet citrus as well as something else. I forgot what, as well as with white peaches. 
So I'm just like, okay, all right, that sounds pretty dope. It's been a little bit since we've had like a peach esque flavor. Yeah. Um, so I'm here for that. You know, nice shaker. Uh, the you know the tub's got a cool design. It's called Sage Mode. Uh, so it looks pretty dope there. It's really focusing on the on the Naruto paint arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the box is really cool. I really dig the box because the back has like all the all the Kage statues on it with Naruto there. Okay, super dope. I'm definitely picking that up day one. But I, I'm excited for that. Uh, what about you? What, what you got on your mind? I mean, nothing really. The only real thing that I saw that was just like, okay, it's hitting the West more is that um, Ark Knights. Do you know that mobile game? I think I've heard of it. What is it exactly? It's a gotcha tower defense game. I believe so, yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's apparently getting an anime. Oh, that's random. Yeah. So I've been noticing a lot more that a lot of the uh, mobile game S stuff is now starting to show up a lot more over here in the West where it's always been a thing in Japan of mobile games becoming animes or animes becoming mobile games, right. vice versa. But over the last year and a half, been seeing that a lot more hitting in the West as well now of at least showing signs of it also coming over here, not just like the mobile game or the anime, but actually getting both. Right. Oh, that's okay. All right. That's pretty cool. I'm trying to, there was, there was some piece of news that popped out recently that I thought was pretty cool, but I'm completely blanking on what it is. I will say, um, did you see, uh, I think we, we may have talked about this. Did you see the continued sales for like, uh, this latest batch of Shonen Jump Among Us? Uh, not, not too bad. You know, P6, you know, actually crossed 10K. Okay. Yeah. Volume one of P6 actually crossed 10K. I thought that was actually very impressive. I I didn't expect that. I'm going to be brutally honest. I mean, it's not a bad series it's sort of middle of the pack but yeah i i agree i, I it's not that i it's not that i hated it I, I acknowledge that it you know where it has an audience and stuff it just wasn't for me which is why i dropped it but yeah yeah 10k you know to start off that's not that's not terrible uh i am still reading uh that one manga that i sent you boys in a discord second break uh, there are six chapters out now um and I've, I've only read the first two and i'm actually really enjoying that uh, I remember when Second Break was set to be a nat was when it was announced because I actually plugged that on uh, Anime Plus News, which I promise that's not completely dead yet. <laughs> I promise. Um, but uh, Second Break, I've actually really enjoyed it. Part of Weekly Shonen Magazine about a, about a kid who uh, wants to go to the NBA, had a tragic accident, was paralyzed, whatever, and then had like a time leap where he's back in high school and li- like where we are now in the second chapter is like the day before uh, when his accident occurs where he becomes paralyzed. So it's actually pretty interesting so far. I, I, I'm actually digging it, which is weird for me because I don't usually dig sports, anime, or mangas for the most part. Like not, uh, Nine Dragon, Ball Parade didn't really do it. It, was, it had its moments. Like yeah. there, there were certain aspects about it that was interesting. Tribe Nine is cool. I do think, but Tribe Nine is also fucking very over the top, which is, I guess, why I like it. And the music is fire. On point. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I haven't never really gotten into sports stuff. But uh, second, you know, which is weird because I'm a massive sports fan, but second break is actually pretty solid. But you know what we need to get into? Mm. Uh, As of you- January 7th, because I forgot to mention it. Over 100,000 people will sound in the petition for the Cowboy Bebop Season 2. Really? Yes, over 100,000 people. Wow, okay. Have, so, have you watched that yet? I still haven't, but people really apparently actually want a Season 2, at least an, a, a portion of people. Right. Wow, okay. I, that's. I'll tell you, that was not the news I expected to hear out of you. <laughs> no, that, that's very interesting that people actually really are really wanting this. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, oh, actually, I just found a new one. As of the twelfth, it's gone up another twenty thousand signatures. Oh shit! Okay, okay. 
Uh, oh, I do have one thing. Um, I, you know, one thing to keep a note in is that the uh, Golden Future Cup came to a close, the 15th Golden Future Cup for Shonen Jump. Uh, so the series that won is called Inoshima Dais- uh, Daisuke. Um, it has a pretty cool cover art. I'll just try to get it up here on camera uh, without too much of a glare, but it's got a pretty cool cover art. Kind of looks like the lady from Resident Evil 8. Yeah. It kind of looks like her. But uh, just keep that in mind, uh, uh, Inoshima uh, Daisuke. Keep that in mind because uh, it will be in Weekly Shonen Jump at some point. When? I guess whenever Jump wants to act something, um, you know, whenever that's coming up here soon. Um, but do keep that in mind. It is 100% going to be in Show and Jump because, of course, that is what the Golden Future Cup is. It guarantees its serialization at some point in time. Uh, they also released the the cover of Volume 11 of 86, Light Novel. Hey. 11 volumes. I've only still, I'm only still in the fifth one right now, which is sad because, like, some of the content that I really, really want to see is like in vol in in volume six. So I need to hurry up and finish volume five. I've been really lazy about it. Oh, I saw something that I thought you would like. Um, Fate Grand Order, uh, Final Singularity, uh, Grand Temple of Time, mm-hmm. whatever the anime movie will stream on Crunchyroll and Funimation. Finally, yep. I saw that the other day. I thought you would like that. That's gonna be awesome because that whole entire arc in the Grand Order game is ridiculous. Oh, is it? Yes. Do I need to get into Grand Order? Um, you you know me. Is it for me? Am I gonna? Do, should I get into it? If you want to, if you want to actually put some time into something, yeah. Okay. It's actually a very good game. I mean, I got into it for a full year before um, getting distracted by other stuff, but recently I've been looking at getting back into it. Okay, I'll keep that in mind because it's always it's always piqued my interest. It's always come across my timeline in some capacity, but I've never taken the time to sit down to play the game or check out the show or whatever. So I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. All right, let's jump into some anime talks. Um, so. We're still in that weird, awkward uh, first date stage with some of these. Never. N- okay. Don't listen to him. We are. Uh, we're still in the awkward, like, first, second date stage with some of these animes where we don't know what's actually going to make it a cut over its entire run. Uh, I will say, unfortunately, I don't think Orient's going to make it. I don't think Orient's going to make it for us, which is sad because I had this thing so hyped in my brain coming into it, but yeah. I, I don't think it's going to end up making the weekly cut for us. I don't think we're going to make it all 12 episodes here on the show. Let me stress, I'm going to watch the show, but I'm not going to sit down and commit to watch it every single fucking week. Like, I'll probably like, ah, eh, you know, maybe this weekend I'll watch, you know, episode three or next weekend I'll watch three and four if I don't watch three this weekend. You know, I'll watch it. I just don't think I'm going to watch it on time for the show. So we're still trying to figure out what's going to make the cut and what's not. Uh, but we'll go ahead and kick the show off with the the wildest new show of this season for sure. Rust Eater Bisco. My God, dude. This show, episode two, just further delivered how fucking insanely crazy this show is going to be. This world is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> I mean, we got the we got we got a continuation of where the previous episode left off, but we also got the other half of how Bisco ended up in the city. Yep. And just every just watching it from his start of the gate to actually seeing other things in the world, like the weaponized animals and insects. What the what? What is this, man? I expl- I, I hit up a couple of friends the other day, and I'm just like, I want to tell you about a show. They're like, okay, and I gave them the base premise, and then I'm just like, 
There are giant iguanas that people ride as mounts. Uh, there is armorized, weaponized hippos. There's a giant bomber plane with a snail in the front of it that drops like acid on you. No, it's not a giant bomber plane that has a snail. It is a snail turned into a plane. Okay, thank you. Yes, what he said. <laughs> there is the police force has cartoon bunny masks, and our main character rides a giant crab and shoots arrows that spawns mushrooms. And they're just like, what the fuck did you just explain to me? <laughs> I'm just like, someone was high as a kite when they wrote this light novel because this series. And what kills me, what is my favorite part by far, is how serious the show takes itself. Because yes. while all this is happening, there's like extreme heavy metal music. And I love it. I love how serious that it takes itself with that. I mean, it's very. the ser- I assume whenever who wrote this and whoever saw this and went, yeah, we're going to make this anime, when full down on it's like. We know it's ridiculous, so we're just going to throw in heavy metal because that makes it so much better. I love it so I mean, much. It really does. Like, if it was traditional scored music, I mean, it would still probably be nice, but I probably wouldn't get into it. But when it, you hear that heavy metal going, you're just like, all right. Yeah. It brings you in, man. It really does. And, like, you know, this episode, too, like, wasn't anything, like... Okay, I, I guess it was something to ride home about because we see more of the fucking animals and shit. But in terms of like the general plot, the only thing that it further that it pushed was you know what I already kind of uh, mentioned in episode two ago because it was in the synopsis where you know we get to see uh, Bisco's friend mm-hmm. uh, who's got you know the rust obviously growing on him. He doesn't have much time left. It's like his mentor, or whatever. So you know Bisco is trying to find this uh, rust eating mushroom essentially because you know it goes back to the point where it's like everyone in the world believes these mushroom callers, whatever. That's no, it's mushroom keepers. Yes. Mushroom keepers are like they're 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 the, they're the bad guys. They think mushrooms cause the rust essentially, and mushrooms are forbidden or whatever. Blah blah. Um, but meanwhile, that's not the case, you know. And he's trying to fix it with mushrooms. <laughs> so that was the really the main thing to take away from this episode in terms of the plot, uh, as well as our uh, big titty lady. Uh, I don't remember her name though. Uh, it's like Awu or something. Yeah, Awu, um, uh, Doctor Panda's uh, sister. Sure. Yeah, get to kind of. Yeah, she looks just menacing. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, well, like I, when I saw a shot when she was like walking with the big coat on, I'm just yes. like, God damn, she it was is a good shot. Yeah, like I'm. Just, I looked at her. I'm like, fuck, she's about to like. I, I I'm intimidated. <laughs> I don't get intimidated like, often, but I'm her, intimidated. Her total character is just a powerful character incarnate, and like even towards the end of the episode when we have the uh, short interaction between her and Bisco, it's just great. Yes, I mean it's not. It's not a full-on fight. It's literally just an introduction of the two, and just watching the whole arrow and sword play was great. Yeah, it was. You know who she kind of reminds me of in terms of, like, the intimidation factor? Somewhat, kind of light comparison here, in my opinion, is Esdeath from Akimia Kill. I kind of get those sort of vibes. I never saw that. Watched okay. that one. Okay. Or read it. Well, for anyone that has seen Akimia Kill, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of get those sort of vibes. Uh, kind of. I feel like this character is a little bit more intimidating than Esdeath in a way. Esdeath was like a like a crazy psychotic level of intimidation, right? But this character is more just like a super serious, like I'm going to fuck you up intimidation. And the fact of the matter is she's still dying this entire time. I know. The rust has apparently almost reached her lungs. or pretty close. Yeah. No, I mean, episode two was, it, it was, it was a fucking ride. And that's what I loved about it. Like, it, like the more and more we got into it and the more I just kind of really stopped it. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. What, what did I just watch? Like the hippo thing? I actually had to stop and rewind. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, did I just see what I think I saw? Is that a bunch of hi- armored hippos? And the first thing I thought of was like, but she's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Anime and Plus episode 26 for that one. My thing was whenever uh, the mercenary girl was talking to the governor and asking about her plane, and she kept calling it Escargot. I was just like, 
why are you calling it escargot? I was like, why is it? And then it had the snowflakes. I was just like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> I know, right? Dude, it was so fucking stupid. I mean, the thing spitting out acid and things like that from the front of it, I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this show is wild. I can't wait for the next 10 episodes. I really can't. This show is fucking absolutely insane. You know, again, Base synopsis. Here's the bullet points. Rust has taken over the world. It can pretty much attach to anything and kill you. We have people that spawn giant mushrooms out of arrows. There's armor and weaponized hippos. Our main character rides, rides a crab. There's the fucking snail plane. There's iguanas. There's cartoon bunny mask for police officers and heavy metal music. I do want to state, though, the whole arrow mushroom thing. It's apparently something that can be taught. Yes. See, which I thought that was kind of interesting, too, because I thought it was, like, maybe only for the arrows, like, they were using. But, nope, it is, like, a, I guess a technique or something. This show is fucking wild. I love it. Yeah, I'm telling you, the heavy metal music sent me over the fucking edge this episode because it happened, like, multiple times. Oh, yeah. It set me over the edge where I'm like, I, I can't with this show. This is fucking so <laughs> great. What a gem that we found. All right, let's move over. Uh, next one that we're going to talk about, uh, a very good show that we are, I, I'll tell you, you know, Bisco and this one, 100%, I feel like are staying on the slate, no doubt in my mind, because this one's really good, but I haven't got a chance to watch this episode yet. Uh, in the Land of Leodel, episode three. Uh, before Zach kind of talks about that, I do also want to give a shout out. If you checked out last episode of Anaman Plus, uh, Zach was <laughs> using a very certain kind of voice for our dwarf son. And man, he, he has ruined and enhanced that character for me now every time he appears on screen. Because that's all I fucking hear. <laughs> just like I said I was. Just like I said, that was probably all I was going to hear. As soon as he appeared on and said, Mom, I'm just like, fucking Zach. God damn it. <laughs> that was episode three. I mean, episode three was good. I mean, honestly, when you sent me that message of uh, you've ruined Caravant for me, I went, who's Caravant? <laughs> and I, I thought about it and went, is that the dwarf? <laughs> he, I'm telling you, man, Zach has ruined and enhanced that character for me. I mean, episode three was good. Um... So we got to see uh, her actually interact with her other two children in this one. Okay, good, good. Um, it ver very starts off with her interacting with her uh, daughter, who's the headmaster of the academy, whose name from all intents and purposes is Mai Mai, because that's literally what everyone ca calls her. I don't think that's her actual name, but everyone just calls her by a nickname. She literally calls, she sends a summons for her mother. I guess being summoned to the academy is a big deal because the person who delivered the message was like, why'd you get summoned? And then even when she gets there, she meets the sorcerer's girl she helped catch Primo, who's apparently part of the academy. She's like, why'd you get called to the headmasters? And they open the door and the headmaster's standing there. And she's like, mother! And just, <laughs> and, Lea, and Lea Dale's, not Leah Dale, I forget her name. Kana. Kana. Is it Kana or Kana? I think, I think it's Kana. I think it's Kana. Yeah, you're right. It's Kana. Even Kana's like, and Kana's where she's like, did you call me just to glomp me? <laughs> <laughs> so her her daughter glomps her, glomps her, and... <laughs> glomps? Yeah. That's literally the word they use. I don't like that. <laughs> um, have you not heard ever heard glomp before? No. Well, okay. Um, this is the first for me. All right. Uh, it's as the word implies, it's literally throwing yourself head first into someone to hug them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and Loti, the sorceress girl, she hears her mother and just goes, huh? <laughs> and it's literally a whole thing of, um, uh, 
Kiana telling her daughter, you're the headmaster. You have a role. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> she sends Loti away, and then her daughter comes back trying to, <laughs> trying to hug her, and she she literally pinches her strong to pull her off her, and as she goes to hug her, you just see her hand go back up in a sort of menacing aura, <laughs> causing her daughter to back off and everything. And more or less she called her about the potion that we saw in the previous episode and has her mother and husband meet. And it's a nice moment of the husband and mother going, wait, her husband, huh? Her mother. And they both seen looking at each other. And then my, my being, she's a very interesting character. She's a very, she, she's going to be an interesting character. Both of them looking at her and seeing her reaction <clears throat> And everything, and they're just be like, I should have, I should have raised her better. <laughs> and he's just like, no, her airheadedness helps me a lot at times. Of them both realizing the other one gets it. <laughs> so, and we also found out that the quest she completed was apparently a student had put in a request for a potion because the husband's the professor of the academy had asked his students to make a potion. Mm-hmm. And a student cheated and just had someone else do the potion, only to fail because it's a potion he couldn't possibly do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this whole interaction that at the end, he's just like, can you do a favor for me? It's like, what? He has her teach a class. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even a moment where he's he had says, like, you shouldn't let a lot of people know about this. Then he asked her to do the class. She's like, I thought you said... A lot of people shouldn't know about this. That was then. This is now. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> She's just, just sort of sighs and she's like, I'll do this once. And everyone's waiting in anticipation to watch her how she makes this high potion. And because she doesn't know how to do it anyway, she uses the system. But as I've mentioned last episode, no one else has context for the yeah, game system. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. literally, they all watch her pull out these ingredients out of thin air. And it's very funny <laughs> because she pulls out all these ingredients and she's just like, you go like this, you go like that. And then hatata, potion. And she goes to walk away and he's just like, the, the professor guy is just like, I have a question. Depending on what it is, I'll answer. Where'd the vial come from? <laughs> and she, I have so many questions. <laughs> and he was in her, and she's like, I don't know. Ask the admins. And, she, and she's just like, she just sort of scoffs and leaves. <laughs> and then um, the rest of the episode consists of her taking on another job. Because there's apparently some ghost in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the Coliseum to deal with this ghost. As she gets to the Coliseum, she realizes Primo, a redheaded kid, has apparently been following her from the city all the way to the Coliseum. And she just sort of lets it happen. Um, so this ghost has apparently been haunting the Coliseum. So she's like, all right, I'm going to stay for like two or three nights until I figure it out. Mm-hmm. And everything. And she does her thing. She sets up in the Coliseum, does everything. Summons her magical beast, with which is a big old Cerberus. And this thing is great. So it has one head, which is just always asleep. One that's super, actually, a loyal, serious dog. And the other one that's, okay, actually, that picture that Josh posted on Discord of the three dragon heads. Oh, yeah, the three dragon meme, yeah. That, exactly, as a Cerberus dog. Because the far <laughs> that's wi- great. The far right one is dopey as hell and is drooling at all times. That is amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this. And uh, so she sets all that up, and she's just chilling in the center, and she's like, all right. Oh, what the fuck does she call? I can't remember the dog's name, but the dog's name was also great. It was something like, um, it was some really cutesy 
dumb name that I can't remember, but at the time I was like, that is fantastic. Um, she just tells the dog, go patrol. The dog comes back real quick with uh, Primo in its mouth and the dopey one's mouth, who's drooling all the time. So he's covered in slobber. That's great. And this is a thing throughout the entire episode for the rest of the episode. Because the dog drops the kid, and the droopy one's just still hanging over, drooling over him while him, while Primo and Kaede's talking. <laughs> I love this dog already. I can't <laughs> wait to see this episode. And this is a whole thing because, like, they talk and everything. She sort of figures out that Primo has a thing for Loti. Um, cause he, he's, she's like, so why'd you follow me? She's like, well, Lodi respects you. So I want to find out all about you. It's just like, oh, that's the angle you're running. Hey kid. All right. <laughs> you can hang around. Uh, and this whole thing in <laughs> this dog, this poor fucking kid. So while they're chilling, she just keeps the kid there. And as the kid is sleeping, on the, gr- on the ground in the middle of this coliseum next to a fire. This dog is hanging over the whole time just drooling over him. So he's in a puddle of drool <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> this book. And then Kaede's like, oh, I guess it's sleep time. She pulls a blanket out of the inventory and throws, goes to, it looks like she goes to put it over, the, throw it to put it over the kid. The droopy dog catches it, starts biting on it. The middle one takes it from him. <laughs> it's now now covered in drool halfway and then flakes it over the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's still in the pile of drool. Yes, and he's now covered in a drool-covered blanket. <laughs> That's amazing. I um, love this dog. I'll protect him with my life. <laughs> I don't think you need to. I'm pretty sure you can kill anyone. <laughs> um, Still protect them. Uh, but finally, eventually, she finds the ghost. She it gets a reaction from her guardian ring, from her tower, and finds out this Coliseum is actually a front for one of the other towers. The other towers? Yeah, because you know how in the first episode, the guardian's like, I stopped getting a connection to the other towers. That's right. Yeah. So the whole reason... Uh, She's even become adventurous to find out information about the towers. And she finds this tower, and it's a pretty much just a concealed dome with a bunch of walls that can that <coughs> magically forms uh, scenery. And its guardian is a giant cloud person. And its point of power is a small tree sapling. From this guardian, she finds out that the game's servers have shut down. And sort of whenever that happened is when all the people and NPCs became alive. Mm. That's the whole thing that happened, is um, game service came d- went down. And apparently there was there's some big thing with the game, because apparently their big objective of this game was to have 12 skill masters, or not 12, 13 skill masters. And because she died and disappeared, there only ever bit was 12 skill masters. Apparently no one else could acquire whatever skill she had because she's like the third skill master. Mm-hmm. So because of that, the game couldn't be finished, I guess, and it got shut down. So she finds out the game's servers were shut down about that 200 time period ago and that none of the other players are around. And she sort of gets an idea why the other towers aren't working and she becomes the master of this tower as well now. So she now has two towers. Okay. And that's more or less where it finishes up. The last little bit is literally just <sighs> Jim. Shout out to our makeup <laughs> names. So after finding this out, she more or less goes into a depressed mode because she realizes that there is no other players in the game. So she sits in her 
in room for two days, and it comes to Jim that his mother's been sealed away in her room for two days. So naturally, what does he do? He leaves the church, sprints through the town, crashing through every single wall and door in his way, leaving imprints of himself (laughs) into his mother. And you also find out from this that, you know how shows will have like weird effects around people where it's like rose and one and glittering? It's not effects for him. That's his actual magic effect. So everyone sees these effects. (laughs) That's absolutely incredible. (laughs) So as he's running, it sort of has like sparkle. (laughs) Well, no, as he's running, people are like, even the rain is moving out of of the way for him. And you see like a little bubble shield of his magic (laughs) keeping the rain from hitting him. So his clothes are always pristine and hair and everything. He's not soaking wet. And then... Yeah, eventually he crashed into his mother's door. He's like, my mother, dearest, I'm here. <laughs> and she just sort of, it's like, you are too weird. Uppercuts his ass into the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> she uppercuts him, goes back to bed, isolation barriers. And then my Mai <laughs> shows up and she's like, brother, you need to, ah, oh, I was too late. <laughs> mother, you have an isolation barrier? Oh, I'll come back. And that's the thing that really threw me off at the end of this episode. Mai Mai apparently has a cloaked black hooded squad to deal with her brother's shenanigans. Damn, that's dedication. Because, like, she sort of sighs and sees that. It's like, mother's like, oh, well, I'll clean this up. She snaps and six black robed guys appear out of nowhere with a ladder, pull his ass down. Throw him into a coffin and wheel his ass away. <laughs> she comes prepared. I respect that. <laughs> like, it happened. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? What is this? <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to watch this episode. I absolutely love this show. It's, dude, I enjoyed the first two episodes. But, you know, with this episode, one thing I, I want to take away from it is so we had the depressing moment of where it's like sh- there is no other players. Like, no. Okay, that's depressing. Well, looking forward to see how the rest of the story kind of plays out, though, because it's it, like kind of how you described at the beginning with it. It's just like seems like a fun slice of life series. I'm looking forward to watching this episode. Uh, let's hop over to Love of Kill, episode two. How is this, uh, how this one's still standing out for you? It's still fairly interesting. Um, where Landon Leodil is just a good, for the most part, feel good and just, what is going on here? <laughs> right. Love of Kill is actually very interesting and drama-oriented because so we have our main characters. Shout, shout to, shout out, shout to. I can't remember their names. I think it's shout to. They're weird names. Yeah, and then whatever song. Or song. Yeah, it's song and then uh, Chateau. Chateau. Her name's Chateau, which is really weird name. Chateau. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole interaction where she goes to find the guy he gave her information about last time. And F- finds the bounty and some fucking girl tied up. <laughs> yes. And, she, and he's talking to the phone on. He's just yep. like. It's like, yeah, it should be in the la- one of the last ones. It's the only green door. It's like, oh, yeah. I left a girl in there. Yes, you- that's exactly what he does. He's yeah, like, like, I left a girl in there. Can you please take care of that for me? Yes. Yep. So did you actually watch this? I watched this episode, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, the only things I didn't watch was, unfortunately, Landa Adele and Orient. Those are the only things I didn't make it on my slate. So, I mean, well, I guess Platinum, but that only... Did that did that come out today? Yeah, it did. Okay, okay. Uh, then I didn't watch episode 15. I mean, I really enjoyed just the whole aesthetic and then the whole flip thing of him going... 
hey, I'm about to finish up work too. You want to go out? And he's like, <laughs> before he even finishes, and she just hangs up. And then right after that, she gets the news of, hey, stop. The client's dead. She just does the, does the dots and just like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which you get to see, you know, that he's the one that took him out, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I like, the, I very much enjoy this sort of drama intrigue thing and the whole introduction of this assassin dude who yeah. shows up and just... Spider face, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it didn't give him a name or anything and just his whole thing of... His weird thing of... I guess he has some sort of code where he only plans to kill Song, I guess. Yeah. And at least personally, because it sort of leads off with him put more or less forcing Chateau off the road. Yeah. And I, I'm not entirely sure what he was trying to use Chateau for. Because, I mean, he didn't capture or anything yeah no just uh kind of i guess i guess it's just one of those things to send a warning because i mean he, he's tr he's who she's he's trying to get to song is and he's now obviously seen these two interacting together and assuming that they are potentially a thing even though obviously she will very disagree with that um but i i guess it's just to send a warning to him because you know he can kind of i guess he's kind of put it together that he gives that song gives a shit. Meanwhile, she might not song does. I guess just send a warning is my only guess. Yeah. The only thing I could really get was he was trying to do mind games. Of yeah. Sort. Trying to fuck with him. Cause it seemed like he was very big on that. Cause even like the truck driver that sort of stopped to help him after the crash, he sort of told him to move and it sort of let off. Like he killed him only to find out that he sh like shot the guy's ear and then tied him up and threw him in his truck. The big thing that I did like was, <laughs> Just songs being a stalker of him calling and just being like, huh. Usually when I constantly call, she just keeps hanging up. Yeah, she's, it's weird. So she just declines it. It's weird that it keeps ringing. Hmm. <laughs> then he just naturally finds the record. He's like, I know for sure she would have passed through here. Yeah, fucking <laughs> creepy. But hey, shout out for being observant, I guess, because you found her. You know, she probably would have died out there or something. I don't know. I mean, she was knocked unconscious. God knows how she would have got back, especially without her phone and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I do think, I do think it's, uh, an, an interesting story so far. It's enough to pull me in. I I'm kind of curious more of like what this spider web tattooed face guy is talking about in terms of, you know, song calling him a traitor. I'm pretty sure it has to do with the organization he was part of. Cause when in the previous episode, when it introduces song sort of background, he was part of some group, which he eventually in one night ended up killing all the head brass. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming web slinger guy or web tattoo guy uh, was a member in some form or fashion of that group. Yeah. Uh, their interactions between each other is still, in, you know, entertaining. You know, there wasn't much in this episode, but it was enough, you know, that was entertaining. Um, I, you know, this episode, it, it didn't have, there, there wasn't a lot in this episode, but the, the, the what it had in the episode was good because it primarily, honestly, focused on on the crash. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that that was the primary focus of the episode. So, that, that whole scene was done very well, too. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, let's hop over to Trop 9, episode 2. How, how are you feeling about this one still? I, I really enjoy this. I, I still am, am very much enjoying this. The number one thing that I still got to harp on is the fucking music is on point. The music in this show is so, so, so good. Uh, I'm blown away with how great it is. But, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot that really went down in this episode. It was kind of just like a setup episode. You do get to introduce to um, our antagonist. Yes. The big steel-faced mask guy that's in the promo art, whatever. He used to go around fucking up tribe after tribe. So that's cool. Um, you know, other than that, it's just some more character development with, with the team, the Minato tribe. Um, 
you know, doing a little practice game against our against uh, Shun Kama uh, Kamaya. Kamiya, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, get, getting a practice where it's Kamiya versus literally everyone because he's such a badass after all. Uh, so I mean, that's all this episode really was. It's just a lot of character development for our main squad. Uh, Kamiya kind of showing off a little bit, you know, trying, you know, and then getting introduced to our antagonist. I mean, yeah. how, how are you feeling about it? I mean, I'm still liking it. As you said, there wasn't a whole lot of actual main content. It was very much just set up for what's going to. I assume going to be a part of the series. I don't think it'll be the whole thing at this point. Right. And then um, our main group of characters for the Minato tribe. Yeah, which another little tease this episode had was teasing uh, Kamiya's past as the destroyer, quote yeah. unquote. Um, and what was it kind of like being, I can't remember, but was it kind of like being set up where like uh, Kamiya may know who this dude is, this antagonist, like they have a past as destroyers together, or am I, am I missing the mark on that? I don't think, at least from every interaction that we saw, I don't necessarily think he knows this person, but it's possible he might have been part of that tribe at one point in time before yeah. the XP laws were put in place. Yeah, because, I mean, there there were some obvious hints there with Kamiya in the episode about his past. Like, I know I, one of the new people, um, is it Taiga? Yeah. Taiga and then uh, Haru. Yes. Look at me remembering names. Holy fuck. This is the first one. Only two episodes in, too. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there was, a, like, one of them teased it where it's just like, you know, it's your past as a, as a destroyer or whatever, and everyone kind of got quiet for a second, and Kamiya just looked kind of like, huh. And then he just went he just went along with the same happy face, whatever. But there's a lot of teases there for something going on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to exploring more on that. And there was also one I, – I, I don't know. It, it really felt like a weird – transition of sequences to me because it's just like okay like what what what's the underlying scenes here where it's like after the little practice game it's just like yo cook us up a bomb ass meal your commas come yeah. just like i'm starving let's eat he cooks the bomb ass meal he's just like i'm gonna go lay down i'm not really feeling it. he lays down for like a second haru brings some coffee then he gets up and he's like it's like he's perfectly fine that was a really weird scene to me like a really weird set of sequences like okay is like i guess it kind of goes back into like this past that we're gonna get to explore you know but i don't i don't know as my that's really me nitpicking but i thought that set of sequence was kind of weird all i got from it was they were sort of trying to push it home that he's sort of eccentric because even when like it happened and tiger was just like you're not gonna eat after he's already made it they're all just like yeah, he sort of just does whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm still enjoying the show for sure. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, you know, again, this is only available on Funimation. Um, but, I mean, very very good so far. I mean, the first episode really knocked it out of the park, dare I say. Uh, second episode was, again, just character development, antagonist introduction. I'm really looking forward to seeing the next episode. Because uh, one thing that was also important for this episode was further delivering, like, how exactly extreme baseball is played because they further nailed where it's just like, all right, our home base is here mm -hmm. in this part of the city. Our first base is here in this part of the city. Our second base is here. In this. So I thought that was kind of fun. And then actually uh, stating the rules of what that whoever loses has to do whatever the winner says. Yep. Which was really interesting because, I mean, that can really uh, explain why the tribes and stuff and I guess XP law sort of works is – because whoever loses has to apparently do whatever. Yep. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the next episode because I, I, th- I feel like we're about to, you know, finally, you know, because I, mean, I know we kind of got, I know we got it in the first episode, but it really wasn't much of anything because it's like, you know, the introduction episode, introduction to show how much of a badass our characters are, whatever, blah, blah. But I'm looking forward to the next a couple episodes because I feel like we're going to get like our actual first full length XP game here pretty quickly. I mean, it's only a 12 episode series, obviously. Yeah. So it'll come pretty quick, but I'm, I'm looking forward. That's what I really want to see is I want to see like a full length XP game in this. You know what I mean? I, I'm really looking forward to watching it. We should that. get one because we're going to get a fly of the two beam bats. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Want to hop over to Orient 3? Um, yeah. I didn't watch it. Uh, how's it doing for you? I mean, it was all right. It was a finishing up of the fight with Akishin. Um, Musashi went to go and try and finish it off because he Kojiro finds out the weak point of the Akishin and yells it at Musashi, who... Uh, well, first off, Musashi gets pulled up to the Takata camp and then more or less going, hey, kid, you're being reckless, stop, and him going, I can't let this go. This is our prize and all <laughs> this stuff and breaks free of the rope, jumps down, causes a rock slide to interrupt the people holding the Kishin in place, causing the Takata to miss. And Kojiro tells him the weak spot he goes to attack it and his uh, pickaxe breaks. His blade wasn't strong enough to break the thing. And right before he's... Kishin counterattacks and kills him. Um, I forget what the guy's doing, but the leader of the Takata shows up, cuts the thing, kills him. He's like, I'm just going to have to claim this prize this time, kid. <laughs> and more or less causing, starting up a rivalry between Musashi and Koj- uh, Kojiro versus the Takata. The whole city celebrates that they've been freed from the Kosh- uh, Kishin and finding out the truth and whatnot. The Takata more or less... Going, hey, we're going to do this. And everything's celebrating. Um, more or less just character development of the Takata people, Musashi and Kojiro. They find out that um, that on that scroll that Kojiro's father has, it has the names of all the Kishin on it. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. And then even as a supplementary prize, Takata gives Musashi this necklace, which is a little... Or prismatic thing that's he finds as a kaleidoscope, but it shows you the uh, auras of Kishin that are near you. So it's more or less a guide, a telescope guide to find the Kishin. And more or less, they f- figured that out. They figure out that the they have a list of names and notice that on also on the scroll shows a bunch of different other weapons that the Bushi use. And just like we've lost this one, but we're gonna do this and finding out. The whole talks a whole about the dreams and stuff and having a resolve and that the dream of all Bushi is to kill all the Kishin because if you kill all the Kishin, you'll bring unite the land and be the next king of the land, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Only to lead to Musashi declaring that he's going to complete this dream that no one else has been able to do in 150 years. And then him and Kojiro go off, leave the city to travel, and we get a shot of our third... Character, the female that's in the openings at the very end. She's just chilling by a river, splashing her legs. Is this, show, is this show, like, really, like, sticking with you at all? I mean, it'll be probably a decent watch, but, I mean, it's not really pulling me in like a, several of these other series we're currently watching are. That's how I felt through the first two episodes, personally. Um, you know, 
it's lower on my totem pole, which is hence why I didn't watch it. I watched, you know, Love of Kill, and I was going to watch Leadell, but uh, I got tied up with other stuff. Um, but Orient's one that might not make our weekly list. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, I'm just going to be brutally honest, mostly because we all, I do feel like we probably need to trim down the show list just a smidge. Uh, and I feel like that's probably the one that's going to get trimmed. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I'll still finish it, but I just don't think we'll talk about it every week. Yeah, I'll probably end up watching it too. Uh, I may not watch it every week, but yeah, I won't watch. I guarantee I won't watch it every week. Because I mean, it's not bad. It's just not as gripping. Yeah, and that's the problem. Speaking of gripping, how's Dragon Quest? I know how gripping that show is for you. So, by watching this episode, I remember what the previous episode was. It was all set up in them acquiring all their allies. Literally, everyone they've interacted with before shows up to join their forces. This is the episode that introduces. Why Hunkel is the ultimate edgelord of all edgelords. Okay. So it's finally the execution of Crocodon and Hunkel. And it becomes a whole thing of their plan is to once... I forget exactly what they said, but once something was supposed to happen, they were supposed to jump out, free Hunkel, free Crocodile. Everyone else was supposed to jump down and start a big old fight. Well, ends up being... Hunkel drinking a goblet from Mistavern of his dark aura, which turns Hunkel into dark Hunkel, which makes him real muscly and turns his white hair black. So we then spend the rest of the episode of them going on about, he thought he could out beat my dark aura with this light aura. Watch as it gets consumed by my dark aura. Crocodile going, no, Hunkel, your last gambit has failed. Yada, yada, yada. Being a giant build up to finally Hunkel breaks free what they think he is him dying only for him to rise up and be like, I'm now more powerful. My light aura is even stronger now. Hunkel got a power. Um, he slaps Mr. Vern away. The others show up free crocodile. Uh, <laughs> uh, pop being, uh, himself and not feeling like he's good enough. Cause when they get Hunkel, they're just like, you still have your jewel. Uh, from Ivan, he's like, yeah, put your will into it. He does it, it instantly shines and popping, sort of depressed, like, that was wrong of me. I was really hoping Hunkel wouldn't be able to do it, and things like that. Pop being pop things. Pop is pop. Yeah. Being depressed and thinks he's weaker than everyone else. Uh, Hunkel gets his weapon again. They start the big old fight. Everyone comes down to start fighting. Uh, Mr. Vern goes to try and kill them, but he gets stopped by Lobrick, I think his name. He's the guy that made Hunkul and Dai's weapons. Starts fighting Mr. Vern and all that. More or less sets up that, yeah, the fight's now going now. Hunkul got to be a big old edgelord of, I'm not giving in a darkness, I'm going to be the light. And then the others trying to separate to cast this big spell that requires all five of them, the God Glimmer or whatever. Mm. It was literally just Hunkel being an edgelord. Okay. Sounds about right for Dragon Quest at this yeah. point. Uh, How do you feel about Yoshihime 39? I will say I did jump into some of this episode. I watched probably about 10 minutes of the episode. Uh, uh, just like some different clips on like YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to see the main stuff I wanted, obviously, which was more Hall interacting with her parents, uh, Kagome and Inuyasha. So I, I really enjoyed what I watched out of that. The stuff with Inuyasha and Moraha was funny. I enjoyed their interaction. Of them just staring each other down yeah. and Kagome going, yep, they're related. Yep, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. That was fun. <laughs> I love the fact that Kagome just accepted that, 
hey, Toa's apparently been to the other world, so she's going to get what I want. So she's like, Toa, help me. And they just do both say the same thing and push them into each other. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, Kagome. <laughs> No, and and uh, it was it was a very it was a very very nice moment of uh, with Inuyasha and Moraha because it was just like that moment of where Moraha is just like, damn, this feels really warm. It's like, damn, it's like this is what I've always kind of wanted. Kind of you know, it's yeah. kind of the vibe there, and she just starts like burst out crying, whatever. Very nice moment that we've been literally waiting on since Yashihime started. I mean, yeah, and you have a nice moment after that because once it does that, it switch backs over to uh, the other side where Karen Maru. Is looking for the black pearl. Yep. He finds uh, Takichio, Ren, and Jonkin, who are sort of chilling there. And more of this thing. You're not going to get the jewel, yada, yada, yada. We get a badass shot from Shoshomaru. <laughs> I don't think I saw that part. Where, so Shoshomaru's being consumed by this purple aura that's more or less taking his strength to be able to move at all. And we just get a nice shot of. Uh, him covered in this purple aura, looking super menacing, just straight walking up to Karen Mara like, we're not done yet. I did see where Shoshomaru kind of got his shit wrecked and then got back into the fight later. Yeah. I did, I, that's all I saw of him, so I didn't see that part. It sounds yeah. cool, though. Um, that And they have a whole standoff. Then we have a nice moment again in the other world where Moraha is asleep on Inuyasha's lap, and then Kagome's... Uh, looking over stuff with Toa from her cell phone and having a whole moment is, huh, so this is what cell phones look like now. Toa just going, (laughs) well, we call them smartphones now and everything. And just, oh, when my first phone I had was this one that sort of just opened up. She's like, yeah, a flip phone. I was like, oh, wow, it's been 14 years. (laughs) Just having this whole moment of, I am an old lady now. She's like, the one good thing about the this world is I don't age, so my skin is still flawless. It's sort of having that, and then Talon said soon, she was like, okay. Yeah, and Kagome's like, what, what, you don't agree? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have that whole interaction, and then uh, they show the two of them the weird lake that have apparently connected to Jonkin's staff, where he's apparently been stalking Moraha over the years, showing them glimpses of Moraha every oh. so often. Shout out to Jonkin. At least he's doing something nice, I guess. Just, just stalking little girls. Yep. Shout out to him, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> making sure they're okay. I mean, it, how I phrase it's weird, but he wasn't doing anything. He was just making sure they're safe. Yeah, he was just being good guy Greg. Yeah, he's being the big uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Love that name. He's Uncle Jonkin. Yep. <laughs> um, and all that, and through all this... Um, Toa mentions how she used the Tetsaiga broken, uh, not the Tetsai, the Tetsaiga. Tensega. Tensega. Yep. And then Inuyasha coming up with a thought, we can get out of here. Oh shit. We just need to get the broken Tetsaiga. And then Toa, you're going to use your power and we're going to cut our way out of here. And then we had a moment. Shippo finally reappears in the series. Shout out to Shippo. So apparently Shippo's been in some Fox Village acting as a teacher this entire time. Shout out to Shippo. Uh, I don't remember if you can remember the character because I vaguely remember Miss Kube. Nope. Okay. She was in an arc at one point in Inuyasha because I vaguely remember her. Um, more or less he's been doing a favor for her and she's been looking for information on where Kagome and Inuyasha's Pearl has been. And then just so happened that he mentions now, after all these years searching for this stuff, for ship was like, by the way, Moraha became a bounty hunter. <laughs> and he's just like, really? She became a bounty hunter? He's like, yeah. Uh, who would have guessed? 
I was like, oh, I got to go see this for myself. And he's just like, I'm going to use some Fox magic. But I can only go places where I know. And that's a place where I can go. He goes back to the well where all this crap with Kieran Morrow is coming out, going yep. on. Yep. Right at the center point. It's natural, natural Shippo-esque style. He, yep. He just naturally appears where the shit's going bad. <laughs> he shows up while Kieran Morrow and Shoma are phasing off each other. And he's just on his little top and go board spinning around going, ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. I saw that. And just naturally, he just goes, strong fox magic. Jumps on, leave, leave, leave. <laughs> and they whisk away. <laughs> and Kieran Morrow's just like, shit. Did you also see the thing where Kieran Morrow... So Kieran Morrow's arm that got cut off by Inuyasha's and Shishomaru's father. Mm-hmm. So Riku is actually one of Kieran Morrow's horns, okay? Well, one of Kieran Morrow's arms got cut off at one time, and he had Riku throw it into the bone-eating well. Well, apparently, that sucker went to the other world and became a separate body. That's why we have the weird thing of the teacher looking at the sky at the comment because he's aware of it because he's connected to Kieran Morrow and Kieran Morrow's aware of the, pre- of the future. Huh. Yes. All right. So Toe's okay. t- so Toa's teacher is a part of Kieran Morrow this entire time. Jesus fucking Christ. Of course. And we also find out that Kieran Morrow's not actually a bad guy. He's just poor at doing it because his whole objective here is to go to the capture Aku, the windmill child who can apparently move time, to go to the future to destroy the comet to prove he's the strongest. That's all he wants to do is destroy yes. the comet and prove. So he wants to save the world, but no. he, he wants to do it so he can prove that he's the strongest. He doesn't want to save the world. Well, he, he wants indirectly to, save the world. He wants to show who how he's the strongest by destroying that comet, and he ends up saving the world in the process. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's what I meant. Saving the world is a secondary thought, but yeah. you know, like he essentially indirectly wants to save the world just to prove he's the strongest. Correct. All right. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you got to follow your dreams, bro. I mean, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, next episode, I assume, is going to be the escape plan from Inuyasha. Well, at least we got what we finally fucking waiting for. Uh, You know, the the Moraha interaction with her parents, you know. That's all we've ever fucking wanted with this show. So, we finally fucking got it. So, that was cool. Still haven't got it with Toa and Setsuna. (sighs) We'll get there. We'll get there before this season's over. No, we won't, because Shoshoma will be dead. We'll almost get there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, how did Platinum End episode 15 go? This is essentially this is essentially the, the second cur. Uh, this is, the, from what I got, is going to be the second half of the series. So This is like the cutoff point that Death Note had after L died, essentially. Yes. It's the same concept. We are at the cutoff point. Metropolitan is dead. That episode was fucking intense, by yes. the way. I, I very much enjoyed that watch. Uh, very intense. God, that, the stuff of Metropolitan was extremely intense. Yes, it was. And I I feel, I, when it comes to Metropolitan, all my interest with the character really fucking got thrown out the window now that I, I saw his backstory. Like, the full backstory. Oh, yeah. Where he just, like, got super mad that she was interested in a boy and accidentally knock her off a fucking tower. I'm just like... Because he was a super controlling Siskon. Yeah, I was just like... Everything that I thought was super fascinating about you kind of got trashed, but still it I was... I told you something was wrong with the guy who friggin' carbonated his sister. 
Well, I thought there was some good natured part about it where he's trying to bring his sister. Like his sister just died. That's all we knew. And he was wanting to bring her back to life. Okay. I can understand not, you know, wanting to have a, a, a dead loved one back, you know, you know, while it's kind of weird. Yeah, sure. You know, he Han Soloed her, whatever, you know, I, I can get that kind of aspect, you know, but it's just like, once I saw how it all played out, I'm just like, all right, so you're a freak. All right, cool. <laughs> I told you he was a freak for the first time when it showed that. <laughs> anyway, so how is 15? This essentially kicks off the second part. So the first thing I want to note is the opening actually had a change in animation. Okay. Still the, same song, though? Still same song, okay. which Bandmaid's a very good Wait, group. Another question. Does it still have the same ending? Because I love that ending. It cracks me up. Uh, Where Miroff jumps off the building and it's just like yes. it's like still shots of Nye saving yes. him. Perfect. I love that shot. It makes me laugh every time. Okay. Um, no, it was just a sort of change to characters because, like, all the Metropolitan stuff is gone now. Stuff with Mister Sure, and it's actually changed it to the other, the newer characters, the other half of the God Candidates who we haven't seen. Okay. I saw pictures for him, but that's it. Yeah. So more or less, uh, Mirai has a conscience whole thing going on about. Mr. Sure's death and everything and how he should feel after after all this and how Mr. Sure's wife and daughter would feel about learning that he killed a person and that they helped him kill everything and then Soggy more or less trying to bring him out of his spiraling depression and then Nase going, he's getting, he's progressing. He's finally accepting that someone needed to die. <laughs> I Smile, love her so much. Smiling the whole time. I love her so much. <laughs> um... So there's in that. Then it introduces us to the kid who we saw sitting in the chair broadcasting yep. everything. So he's a god candidate, yes. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one who shot Metropolitan with a red arrow. And it actually shows us how he shot Metropolitan in the red, with a red arrow. So apparently his angel, who's the angel of games, uh, actually partnered up with Balt, the god of intuition. And Balt actually told the kid who Metropolitan actually was. So the kid snuck into his school, and when Metropolitan was staring at the archer girls with his buddy, shoots him with a red arrow. Why? Because Metropolitan didn't know anyone had revealed his identity, so he didn't have his guard up. Got shot right in the heart. That makes sense. Even in his last moments before the red arrow took effect, he tried to shoot the kid with a white arrow. (laughs) He pulled it out and was about to shoot it, and then it took effect. So close. So close. So close. Uh, yeah, then the kid just walks away with Metropolitan from uh, Metropolitan's friend and goes to his house and is just like, oh, this is super awesome. Can I have your house when you're dead? It's like, yeah, you can have it. And then his angel, she's sort of just grinning and bearing it, just being real angry because I guess at this point she realizes shit's not going to go well. Yeah, she's like, well, this is fucked. Yeah. And then you see how the kid tells uh, Metropolitan how he wants uh, Mirai's white arrow and tell, more or less tells Metropolitan, next time y'all fight, you finish it. Don't run away. So that's what the reason why Metropolitan never left is because he was under orders of Red Arrow. In the, t- in the moment of the sense, it made sense that they were going to have a final battle and that Metropolitan finally wanted to finish it all. But it was actually because of the kid. Okay, okay. Um so the kid acquired all of Metropolitan's arrows and whatnot, now owns his house, which still doesn't explain where the heck Metropolitan's parents are. Uh, also a fair point. Yes. Uh, 
Mirai and Saki have a nice moment in the church. Mirai's still sort of depressed in his moment. He sleeps next to Mr. Sher's armor. Sakai, Saki's uh, trying to be a good waifu, makes him curry, finds he's asleep. Shout out to curry. Uh, finds him asleep, throws a blanket on him, keeps the curry, warms it up for breakfast the next morning, trying to just have a nice moment just between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the angels have a meeting. Like the remaining ones that are left? Yes. Okay. Because apparently it's tradition whenever this happens, because apparently it's happened more than once. Uh, whenever there's only six left, that the angels all get together and meet. And more or less they discuss how things are going to go forward because their job is to find a new God candidate. And one of them even uh, is like, do any of these God candidates even want to become God at this point? Hell, mine's just been shit ever since she got her powers, just been living up the life, luxury. We see her on some uh, tropical <laughs> island just getting a massage. <laughs> That's great. And she's just looking at her phone like, oh, Metropolitan's identity is revealed. Great. That Paula man's dead. Now as long as a God candidate wins who doesn't want to take my red arrow wow so i can just keep living a life of luxury till i die smart yeah <laughs> uh so we get to see actually all the other angels it doesn't name drop all of them like what their roles are or whatever yeah i got you it t- shows us the kid's angel whose name i forget but he's the angel of games the one who was talking about his god candidate who's living it up he's the god of truth okay or angel of two truth not god of truth uh and everything and more or less, uh, Angel Games like, well, mine's got this. He's still being proactive, mm-hmm. and it leads to a whole thing of the kid gets a news crew out to his middle school because he's a sixth grader, and reveals everything to the people. He reveals about the God candidates, how many there was, what's going on, what the arrows do. Even shows a drawing of what his angel looks like, and the whole purpose of it. And it's all a big ploy for him to go at the end. It's like, we should all choose the God together. So there's five other, there's six God candidates, including myself. Let's find them so we can all choose a new God. And more or less sets up the world to hunt down the rest of the God candidates. That's cheeky little fucking kid. Fucking kids, man. Yes. (laughs) Uh, that's actually a super fascinating concept for the second part of this show. So when the first part was like all based around secrecy of everything, mm-hmm. now the, the second the second part's all out in the open. Almost like that's actually a really fascinating concept for the second part of this uh, this show. Yeah, I'm so, here for that. So yeah, this kid just reveals everything. Okay, look forward to checking that out. I, I've enjoyed Platinum Men. I have. It's just still the the, the Mirai has been. I'm 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 growing to him finally. Uh-huh. Finally, I'm growing to him a little bit. His most redeeming quality is Nase. I know. I, I'm very aware, well aware of that. But I'm, I'm growing to him a little bit after the Metropolitan fight. But that, that that's still the weakest part of this show is our our two main characters, Saki and Mirai. But I don't know. I, I don't I, know what you're talking about. Our two main characters were Mr. Sure and Pol- Metropolitan. That's true. Shout out to, uh, uh, I got this. It's what what was his name? I'm it's gonna, Mr. Sure. No, he died. We have to give him respect. Mer, uh, Mercado, 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 right? Yeah, you're close. I think that was his name. Was it? I'm pretty sure you're fairly close. Okay. Well, shout out to him. He had a he had a hell of a run. He had a hell of a run. Uh, all right, I'll finish up with Demon Slayer season two episode six. I mean episode seven. Sorry. Um, okay, so this um, Uzai comes in to save the day. Hey. 
Because, you know, the episode starts with uh, more stuff with Nezuko fucking up um, uh, the upper six, which her name is uh, Daki, I think was her name, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, Nezuko kind of fucking her up brutally. Um, as well as, you know, you know, one, like, there was one moment where she got blasted through a building. There's some people there and they're kind of bleeding a little bit and it kind of causing Nezuko to embrace the demon. Essentially, you know, you see a moment where Tondra still like passed out and, you know, in his dream, he's got his brother's like, brother, you need to wake up or Nezuko's never going to be herself again. She's about to go full demon. So, you know, he comes in and saves the day, you know, bring, puts, you know, the sword, um, sheath in, in her mouth, trying to hold her back. So she don't fucking eat people. You know, kill, kill people, whatever. You know, that's where Uzai comes in, saves the day. Shout out to that. Have a good time there. He comes in like a badass, like super quick, you know, Shinobi style, completely saves the day. But this is where it brings me to my favorite fucking part. And I completely forgot about this. There's a lot of things I forgot about watching this episode from reading this arc. But what I love the most was just his interaction with the upper six for the first time. It's great. I do remember this. Oh, my God. I loved it. I forgot about it completely because he comes in like super swift, cuts her head off in the process yeah. where she's sitting there holding her, you know, her head, and he's assuming that she's just gonna fucking evaporate and die, and he just starts like fucking roasting her. Yes, he goes hard. Yeah, where he's just like, "You're not an upper six. She's like, "Yes, I am." It's like, "No, you're not. You're weak. There's no way you're an upper six. There's no way you're an upper. There's no chance." And she's like, "Yes, I am." It's like, "No, no, no, no. You're weak. There's no way." And she starts like full blown throwing a fit, yes. like like a like a like a like a kid fit. Like she starts crying and like being like, "I'm an upper six. I'm an upper. I promise. I'm super strong." And he's just like, "Nope, no, you're not. You're weak. Nope." And she's like, "Yes, I am." And she's like, "Bro." And so that's when I forgot about him too. Completely forgot oh, about. I didn't. I completely forgot about her brother. Yeah, you know, he pops out of the shadow. Whatever. He's super fucking like skinny. Where you yeah. can see his bones, really disgusting looking. Um, you know, which obviously, you know, you know, Uzai's, just, you know, kind of little stance up a little bit. He's like, all right, this dude, this dude means business. There's something, there's something up here. And she's like crying to him. She's like, she's like, I was trying my best, and they just beat me up and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I forgot about all of this. This is amazing. I didn't because this was one of the last arcs I read of Demon Slayer before I just stone cold drop it and forgot about this series existed. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know why, because this is a very good arc overall. But I remember this happening on me, like, all right, we're finishing it up and everything. And then the brother comes out of her shadow, and I went, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and then just the rest of everything that happens for this arc, I was just like, god damn. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Uzai realizes very quickly that, okay, this dude means serious business. Cause like when she is, uh, about to like call him, there was like that moment of where he realized something's up cause he yep. sensed it and dude, oh my God, it was animated. So fucking awesome of like, just like really showcasing you how fast he is because like, right. It's a, it was such a quick moment of sequences where it's like, as soon as he realized it, it's like. Already across the room, you still see the wind coming behind him as he's coming up with both swords, trying to finishing it. Obviously, failing because yeah. uh, he, you know, the the brother stops it. But it, the interaction between them was entertaining as well because you know he's just like, oh, you know, you're a real pretty boy. I bet the girls love you. It's like girls don't like me. I can't, you know, the girls never messed with me. And he was just like, yeah, I got three wives. <laughs> and he's just like, you have three, three wives? wives? This is unacceptable. <laughs> 
uh, man, it, it, it was entertaining. All that interaction was super great. Um, you know, the, the, the fighting is about to go down. Uzai, you know, he, he was, you know, the brother throws out like the blood size, whatever it is. You know, he throws down a couple like little shinobi, like bombs, whatever blow blows down the floor. Cause he knew he couldn't dodge them, block them and protect the people behind him, tells them to leave has a nice moment where you still see once again, why he's known as the sound sound pillar, whatever, where he's like the sound whatever he's got the breathing the powers activate he's like all right the whole building i like i like how he said all right the whole building is mostly clear and i'm like okay well i guess fuck the people that might still be here then i guess <laughs> but whatever because he did say oh okay yeah the, the upper floor is mostly clear i'm like oh well fuck everyone who's still up there potentially um, i mean the demon slayers are very adamant that there's going to be sacrifices unfortunately. yeah 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 uh, so, you know, we're setting up for this big climax now, which is great. That's dope. Um, you know, once, you know, Tanjo finally got Nezuko to calm down and Nosuke and Zenitsu, who's still passed out, by the way, naturally, they finally show up. And I, I, I like the moment between uh, Inosuke Ines- and uh, Tanjo, where Inosuke's like, Inosuke is here. It's like, I'm here to save the day, essentially. And uh, Nezuko, you know, Tanjo's just like, all right, you know, you go back up, Uzai. I have to go put, uh, you know, I have to go put uh, Nezuko uh, back in her box. And Nezuko's like, permission granted. And then Tanjo's like, thank you. <laughs> and starts kind of running <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I enjoy those interactions, man. Those are great. No, it was a dope-ass episode. I'm so pumped I for this forget. fight. At this point in the series, has Inosuke's mask come off? Yeah, he's taken his mask off multiple times. Okay, I couldn't remember. Because I just remember in the manga when it actually revealed his face. Was sort of yeah, like, that was still season one. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember when it happened. Yeah, because remember with this arc, I mean, his mask was off pretty much the whole time because he was posing as a, a girl because he's so beautiful. See, I forgot yeah. about that, so I just assumed he had the boar mask on. No, no, did not have the boar mask on. Uh, no, the mice brought it to him whenever he jumped through the ceiling. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, this episode was great, dude. I really enjoyed it. Uh, favorite episode of the week? Uh, mine is probably going to be Land of Leado. Either Bisco or Demon Slayer. Probably Demon Slayer. Uh, I, I fucking lost my shit when she was throwing a temper tantrum. I, t- <laughs> I lost my shit. I forgot all about that. I mean, that's how I felt with Land of Leado when my Mai showed up with the freaking brother squad. I was just like, what? <laughs> All right, let's hop over to manga chapters for the week. Uh, Weekly Shonen ba- uh, Jump is back from its break. Kicking things off with One Piece 1037. Uh, I'd probably give this one an eight. Kaido is just having a fucking great time. He's like, they're in the middle of this fight, and the dude just busted out a giant keg and just starts drinking. He's fucking drunk <laughs> as shit. And Luffy's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you drinking right now? He's just like, yeah, I'm having a great time. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's loving it, bro. He's having an amazing time. And he even asked Luffy, he's just like, yo, you want some? They got some down there we're supposed to be throwing a party before you guys came and interrupted kind of is the true bro dude no he really is because he's like in this fight he's just like you know gaining so much respect for luffy so he's just like yo you want a drink like <laughs> i give this one yeah no, i'll bump it up to a nine i'll bump it to a nine it was funny it was funny my hero academia 340 uh seven I give it a seven. Black Clover three nineteen. Jack, no. <laughs> <laughs> Had you read that at that point? No, 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 no. No, when you sent me that, I haven't read the chapter yet. But like, you sent me that, it's like, no, Jack, you can't say that. I, my, my eyes immediately went down there where Jack's thinking, oh no, I can't cut this guy. I'm yeah. like, oh well, all hope's lost then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like the third page of the chapter, and I just read, I can't cut him. I was like, no. If Jack can't cut him, it's game over. That's it. Everyone's gonna die on Black Clover. You heard it here first. Jack can't cut him. <laughs> but no, overall, I mean, 
I mean, Black Clover's sort of coming back. Yeah, it's kind of getting there. I still, it's dude, it's such a mince in-game vibes though. I mean, it is. I am convinced the series about out, to end. Did he ever come out no. and say that this was the final? No, really. There's no confirmation of the series ending or not. But I swear to God, this feels like in-game vibes. It is. It just, like, where do you go from here? Like, you've introduced like literally the top of the top bat. It feels like literally the only place they could go from there is if they devils go, from space. No, <laughs> they go into hell itself. That, okay, that's also fair. Uh, but I give the chapter a seven. I give it a seven as well. Doctor Stone two twenty five. Um, round around we go. Yeah, round around we go. <laughs> okay, um, seven. Uh, I give it a seven as well. JJK one seventy one. I'll give Megumi an eight. I'll give Megumi an eight as well. Uh, Mission Years of Core Family one thirteen. <laughs> I'll probably give this one an eight. This was a very, just a very funny chapter because, like, you know, um. Uh, now, no, like he's like the science guy of, okay. the, of the family, whatever. And anytime anyone's like sick or whatever, he kind of naturally takes care of him. Well, he has like this certain medication, right? Uh, that works like can pretty much, you know, it works well with the Ozacora blood where it pretty much heal whatever anyone's got going on, whatever sort of sickness. But the problem is the needle is very fucking painful. So everyone is horrified of it where it's just like almost like a, a horror movie in a way where it's like someone kind of like had that moment of like sickness <laughs> and you just see now, no, you see he's in his big form. Cause you know, he's got two forms, the little kid form and the big form. Cause he's been experimenting on himself. You just see him like his, from his back walking down the hallway with a needle. Like he's just like, I'm coming for my, you, my siblings. <laughs> like he like, 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 you know, Shinzo and, uh, and, um, God, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on her name. But Shinzo oh, and another one of the siblings, man. they're they're up against uh, Shion. Shion, that's it. Shinzo and uh, Shion, they're up against a wall. It's just like, yeah, the needles just really hurt. You don't understand how painful these needles are. And then now it just breaks through the wall and it <laughs> sticks both of them. And they're just like, oh, and then just pass out. <laughs> even even the you know the eldest brother, you know the biggest oh, badass man. of the group, uh, Korachiro, even he's terrified of it. Where it's like when Nano finally gets to him, you know, he's just sitting back in his chair, like all you know, like badass, like. But the entire room is just covered with his threads. Where he's just like, yeah, I'm not letting you near me with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I give it an eight. It was a good chapter. Undead and Luck ninety four, bro. I know you don't read it, but I sent you like the main thing from the chapter, bro. Fuko, no. What are you doing to me? What is this author doing to us? I'll give it a nine. I'll give it a nine. Uh, I'm very I'm very scared to see what comes after this. I'm uh, scared and curious. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not the end. So it's just like, what the fuck are you going to do to kind of bounce back from this? Uh, Mashal 92. Uh, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. I give it a freaking eight. I give it an eight as well. Uh, Sakuma Days, 54. This old man, bro. This old guy. This a, old he, man. He better be still around. Bro, bro. <laughs> if they do this with the old man, they did a strong. I know, dude. Talking about horror movies. <laughs> I know. I give it probably an eight. I would give it an eight as well. Uh, Lucy Samurai 46. I like the ending. The ending made me laugh. Ending was nice. Yeah. I, I give it a seven, though. Seven. Blue Box 36. I'll give it a nine. I'll give it a nine, too. Aya Hashiman, chapter eight. <laughs> Bro, I love our pro tag. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Morano? 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 Moron. Moron works. <laughs> Moron does work. I think that was probably intentional now that I think about it. Uh, dude, I love our pro tag. I really do. I mean, I the chapter nine. It has a whole setup of our female boss having some apparently power, and then him just sort of rolling up, just like, kid, I can't. I'm done with you. What are you doing? I'm having the time of my life. Yes. Also, 
dude, shout out to that uh, whatever the leader of the group, whatever. Shout out to his power. That is like a that re- is actually very cool, dude. That is so cool and so unique. So the dude's got like fire, right? So naturally, when the fire comes up, you know, moron. We'll just go and we'll go ahead and call him that. But it's until like, we remember his name, it, I mean, it's like it, it's. It's Morano, I think, or something like that. Is, yeah, yeah, so Moron works perfectly. So when he sees the fire, he naturally thinks he's going to get burned. Dude sends the fire on the floor, hits his feet. Moron just falls to the ground. He's like, yo, my feet are, like, completely cold and numb. No, what the fire does is that it takes away heat. Like, that, that's so cool, bro. That is such a unique take on fire. I've, I've seen that, I think, in one, maybe two other series, but it's so rare when I see it. Yeah, it's Man, so I, cool. I, I enjoyed how they set it up for this series because – I didn't even really dawn on me that he has fought several fire-oriented Aishamon at this point. So, naturally, he, he was just ready. All right, fire. I've dealt with this. I can do yeah, it Yeah, I'm about to get burned. Whatever. And then it happened. I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, that was so cool. Uh, Doran, Doran, Chapter 6. Are you still reading this at all? I Yes, but I haven't read it yet. I haven't okay. read Chapter 6. I, I, it's still on my slate to read. I have not dropped it like P6 or anything or... Protect me, whatever. I don't even remember the name of the series. That's so long drop. Oh, protect me, Sugamoto. That was drop. That was chapter one drop. I was done. <laughs> Not for me. I mean, well, it wasn't for us. Yeah, we explained it a couple episodes back. Yeah. Um, uh, six. Okay. Well, it's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for some Dragon Ball Super and for some Boruto that came out today. Uh, Drag- um, I do want to know on Boruto on the its visual key changed on Crunchyroll. Oh, did it? Yeah, it actually has a nice picture because it's now got in big letters the Boruto Next Generation, and it actually has it has a shot of all the kids walking forward. Oh, and if I remember correctly, there's actually an old key visual from Naruto of all of the younger generation that one doing the same shot. Oh, that's actually pretty nice. I'll have to check out that uh, key visual. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Chapter Eighty just continued the gas between Granola and Gas. Yes, gas. Yes, yes, gas. That's his name. That's the that's that's our antagonist name right I now. I hate these character names every time you say them. Granola and gas and the cereal all I, ends. All I, all I see is a friggin' bar and a cloud going up against each other. <laughs> I mean, basically, you know, gas kind of knocking his shit around, whatever. Gas apparently has like some berserk mode, like a Broly mode, basically, uh, where he just completely loses control. He becomes pollution. Basically. Okay. Uh, you know, so he had that moment where he basically became pollution and then he kind of brought it back in where it's like he harnessed that, that power. So he's like in the, like the, kind of the rage transformation and power, but it's controlled now. And so he's Bane. Basically. He's Bane from Batman. Basically. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was an okay chapter. I mean, I'd give it probably a seven, uh, as for Boruto 66, um, very interesting how the chapter ended. Because I mean, these are monthly. Uh, see, I don't know how much I, I don't know how much I want to say. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you look, dude, if you made it this far in the fucking podcast, then I'm gonna go ahead and assume that you don't give a shit about the manga stuff. So I'll go ahead and kind of say it. The end of the the end of this chapter had Kawaki like completely like just like brutally like stabbing the shit out of Boruto like with his like transmutation fucking weird spike arms and <laughs> basically killing Boruto. Okay, this is Boruto's wish though. Like he wasn't like. They're really against each other. It was his wish because, you know, again, Boruto has uh, Momoshiki growing within him with the, with the karma mark. Oh, I remember you mentioned that like a month or two ago. Yeah, exactly. A month or two ago. That's the problem with these chapters is there's so much time between them. Um, but, uh, you know, Momoshiki was, was in control of Boruto's body in this chapter, and Boruto kind of woke back up. And it, it's fun to watch their dynamic because, like, Momoshiki's, like, on one side, basically. Momoshiki's like, God, will you just 
fucking go back to sleep and stay asleep. And Boruto on the other side is like, will you just piss off and get out of my body? So it's like a nice dynamic between the two. But in this episode, you know, Boruto basically told Kawaki, like, yo, do it. Do it. Fucking, you know, kill me, essentially. Meanwhile, obviously, Naruto's against this. You know, and, uh, you know, in this moment, you see Boruto, like, you know, Gale Palm Force, whatever, his dad away. Basically, Rasengan, his dad away. It's like, Kwaki, do it. Fucking kill me. So I'm very curious what how it's going to kind of go from here. But there was one particular shot in this chapter that I really fucking loved because it was such like a mirror shot of Naruto and Sasuke from the original series. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Boruto and Kwaki, they're like, you know, brothers, but they're not brothers, essentially. That, that's the relationship they've built. So it was a really nice shot of Kwaki fighting Momoshiki. Uh, where Momoshiki was using the Rasengan, and Kawaki, he's not using anything, but he's got, like, the fucking spiked mutated arm. But, like, the gotcha. way the way they were going at each other mirrored, like, Naruto and Sasuke. And that, gotcha. was, that was really cool. Uh, I'd give the chapter an eight. I mean, it was, it was a solid chapter. It's just the problem with these chapters, with them being months apart, it's like, you know, this one only being, like, a 40-page chapter, it's like, mm-hmm. we, it's like we don't have enough content. Yeah. I, I wish it was at least bi-weekly, like, Fairy Tale 100-Year Quest, which I still need to catch up on. Uh, but, I mean, it wasn't bad. Uh, no My Hero Vigilante, no Spy Family, no Kaiju. Kaiju will be back in a couple weeks, actually. Yeah. Uh, Dan Dan 41, I'd probably give this one an 8 uh, after last week's insane chapter. Uh, I'd probably give this one an 8, good chapter there. Fire Force, 298, uh, I'd give this one a 7, personally. Uh, Tokyo Avengers, 238. You know what? I'm going to, for now, my opinion on this chapter actually could change depending on how the next couple chapters go. I'm going to actually give this one a 9 because I actually really liked how... I really liked how the character they went to go I see. Liked that. I liked it too. Didn't necessarily join the team. Like yes. they, they left him alone. Now, granted, after they go support him, because obviously the ended tease that they're going to whatever he's been preparing for. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm kind of concerned that he's going to immediately flip the script and join them. But you know, in this single moment, I liked how Takamichi's just like he's not coming with us, and I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. So I give it a nine. Yeah, I mean, I agree with it. It was very well done with everything that's been going on. Um, Curious how they're going to play the next couple chapters because I'm sort of on the opposite and I hope they don't go where you're thinking what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm going to give it the chapter nine. It was very interesting seeing where they've gone with this. Uh, Eden Zero One Seventy Five. I still don't know how I feel about Connor. See, I don't know either because like, what version of Connor is this? Is this like the bad guy Connor, or is this the is this actually a good Connor? You know, from what it. Ex- <laughs> We can't go too deep into this. No, we really can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he's a badass. He is a badass. He gets the job done as a pilot. Um, I mean, I give it an eight. I give it an eight as well. Uh, to your eternity, I'm pretty sure Zach and I are just out on. Yeah, we'll get back to it at some point, but at this moment. I mean, everything that was going on just sort of killed me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's how that series is. It has very good moments, and it has just long, drawn-out stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm still excited for season two this fall. Yeah. Yeah, they released a new key visual for that. By oh, the way. didn't they? Yeah. I'm still excited for the new season, but yeah, I'm kind of out on it right now. Um, next up, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, Four Nights of the Apocalypse, Chapter 47. I would give this one an eight. Uh, overall, pretty pretty solid. I enjoyed this one. Uh, Ranger Reject 37. I would probably give this one an eight as well. I, I enjoyed this chapter. It was a lot of Blue Keeper, the Blue Ranger, essentially. Did they know. turn him? Basically, I mean, okay. he, uh, he's uh, he's you know fucking up like um, this you know one of the one of the foot soldiers whatever that's also in disguise but not our foot soldier D again that's his name he doesn't have an actual he's that's he's a foot soldier that's all he is foot soldier D it's our protagonist um, but then it had a moment where like our I guess our protagonist is now 
stepping out of the disguise that he's been in the entire time. Because currently he's in one disguise of one of like the uh, like the Ranger candidates, whatever. And while the Blue Keeper is about to fuck up this other foot soldier, you know, the, uh, our protagonist, Foot Soldier D, like kind of slashes through the truck. And he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. All I heard was screaming. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know you were in there, Blue Keeper. Obviously he did. Because it was brutal. Blue Keeper was like brutally torturing this other, uh, th- you know, this other, this other uh, foot soldier, gotcha. like brutally torturing, like continuously stabbing her at multiple points in her body with like these pipes, like through her arms, her legs, her back, and everything. It was brutal, you know. And then, uh, you know, Blue Keeper's like, "Yeah, get the fuck away from me! Don't get in my fucking way again." Talking about the, uh, you know, the Ranger candidate, whatever our protagonist. And then he steps up right beside him. And Blue Keeper's just like, "What the fuck are you doing? I told you, don't get in my way." And he's just like, oh, I'm just helping my ally. And then Strep just brutally attacks Blue Keeper, <laughs> trying to, you know, trying to take now his, like, sacred weapon. Because, you know, keep in mind, where we are now when it comes to all the Keepers, uh, our protagonist already managed to steal Red Keeper's sacred weapon, whatever. So Red Keeper actually can't transform. Like, the one time you saw Red Keeper after that, he was in just some fucking bullshit, like, mock-up suit. He's like, yeah, this isn't my normal suit. I can't transform. He stole my weapon. And everyone's just like, how the fuck did you let that happen? <laughs> so now he's trying to get Blue Keeper's weapon. But, I mean, gotcha. I give it an A. It was a good chapter. Unordinary 244. <sighs> Feels bad. Yeah, it does. There's uh, progress, though. There is. That's I'll the main thing. I give it an 8, thing. though. I give it an 8 as well. We care 173. Next. Next. <laughs> I give it a 9. I give it a 9 as well, dude. Jake's a badass. That, I love- that was all great setup with Jake. Yeah. And then just the sh- each shot of the other fights. And yep. The, and going, what the fuck? Exactly. LC 152. Uh, I'll give it a 9. Favorite chapter of the week. I'm probably going to give mine to Blue Box. Ah, oh, man, that's tough. I really don't know what I want to give mine to. Um, maybe Undead and Luck. Um, Blue Box is up there as well. I'd say one of those two. I don't know what I had the most fun reading this week. I had I had a lot of fun reads, but I would probably say, um, uh, yeah, Blue Box or um, Undead and Luck, one of those two. All right. Well, uh, that's that's it. We're done. Bye, everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that is Stay. it. Yeah, <laughs> just cut, cut, drop the curtain, drop the curtain. Just like how we're going to pull the curtain back on our fancy announcement here soon. Uh, but no, uh, hopefully you made it to the end. Hopefully you had a good time. Uh, Zach, uh, any, other, any other thoughts on any other shows or mangas we chat about here today? Or am I good to hit the music? Hit the music? Uh, hit the music. Yeah, hit the music. Let's do it. All right, if you have gotten to the end, thank you. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever the, your platform allows. It does help. If you like what's going on and you're watching this on YouTube, you can hit that subscribe button to help us out and be part of that 51% that's watching and not the 51 people who are not subscribed to us. <laughs> and, uh, you can do, and if you want to know when everything's ever notified, you can hit the bell and it'll let you know whether it's this show, Terrible Football, or Game Static, any of our shows goes up. You can do that at youtube.com slash sparky3. Uh, yeah, do everything that he said and more. Again, if you are not subscribed, please subscribe to the channel. We definitely appreciate that. Be a friend, tell a friend about the channel. Just share it with anyone, man. Uh, you know, hopefully you check out the other shows like Game Static, talk about movies and stuff, or a Terrible Football Show. And once again, we're up to something. It's really cool. And you're going to be really excited about it, I hope. I'm really excited about it. I can't stop thinking about it. I keep fucking bugging Zach about it almost every goddamn day. I'm pumped. It's going to be super cool. And it'll probably be revealed on February 1st. So stay tuned. Until next time, guys. Have a good one. Bye.